Welcome to Wine, Spirit, and, and Witches. Spirit. This is Monica. And this is Shauna, and we're your High Priestess for this evening. How you doing, Monica? All right. I'm okay. I'm hanging. I'm like, I'm a little cold. My fingertips are cold. It's I can't it's, get my hands warm, but it's, it's pretty cold outside. It's cold. It's windy, but it's chilly. Um, I mean, I guess I'm happy about it because I felt like we kind of had a warm winter. We did. And, you know, I always say that this, this, this Southern California is bipolar. It doesn't know whether it wants to be warm or cold, keeps on changing its mind, going into different personalities. You know, I just, I wish it would just stay consistent, but I guess it's, we're not living in a place that's consistent like that. So there you go. I love how everyone always talks about how great the weather is in California. That's why they move here. I'm from here. I'm an LA native. So I don't really know better. Like you know what is cold i don't know what cold is oh um i like i see pictures of cold it looks very unpleasant i hate this concept of having to dig yourself out of your driveway but on the same tip we also had a weekend this summer that was 115. oh i know that was just so ridiculous you know what i'm saying yeah so when people tell me like oh california has great weather i like have like twitchy flashbacks to the 115 degree heat when my air conditioner decided to break so I know I remember that mm -hmm. that was mm -hmm. terrible yeah yeah no I was I was not pleased but we survived we survived and today we are coming at you guys with another Ask Estrega episode um and before I actually get into the ones that were messaged to us there was one that was emailed to us a while ago and for the life of me I can't find the email Oh, but no. I vaguely know what they were talking about. It came from one of our listeners, Stephanie, and she asked about, is there any like eco-friendly ways to dispose of spell work? Because, you know, we all need to try and do a little better. I rant about being eco-friendly a lot, but I felt like that was a really great question because yep. a lot of times when you read spell books and stuff, like they tell you to like throw shit like in running water, like throw it in the ocean or like I saw this like a couple different jar spells and there's another one with like a pumpkin and you put pennies and all these different things in the pumpkin. It was supposed to be for like prosperity or something. And then mm -hmm. when you're done, you throw it into a river, like all these different things like that. So the one thing I'll say about that is first off, I think when a lot of these like spell disposal techniques were created, uh, people didn't have a concept of global warming. Right. They didn't have like a concept of like pollution, you know? So I think that's first part of it. And it's something that, you know, over, over time we've become more and more conscious about. So it is our duty as witches in today's day and age to find ways to augment some of the ritual practices a little bit, because we need to make it more ethical. And yes. in this case, we see reflections of that where like people don't do animal sacrifice. You know what I mean? Like, I remember going to a ritual where traditionally, I guess they like would kill a fish or something. Really? Oh, yeah. God. I forget what the ritual is for, but they would like kill a fish or do something like that. And so in place of it, they like just bought like a fish from the grocery store. You okay. know, or I've seen um, different things where like, you know, rituals that traditionally like a goat was supposed to be slaughtered like even like lupercalia they were traditionally they would slaughter a dog and a horse um and so i've seen things where like this goat was supposed to be slaughtered so instead what they did was somebody brought goat meat from a butcher mm -hmm. shop 
Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, you, you see how we're changing it to try and be ethically in line with things. So it's time for us to think about eco-friendly witchcraft. Um, mm -hmm. So to answer Stephanie's question, first off, instead of throwing things in a river or in water, sometimes the best thing to do is just throw it away. And if you're st still trying really hard to keep it in mind of disposing it with wa in water, um, put it in a container like a plastic bag with water in it, then put your item in it and then throw it in the trash. That, mm -hmm. that would be the best thing that I could think of. Um, mm -hmm. Also, like when things talk about burying stuff, that's not always an option. And the first thing that I had read when I was getting into witchcraft is that if you can't bury your spell work, you can wrap it in a paper bag or a coffee filter and then throw it away. Mm -hmm. But don't forget about composting. You can totally right. compost, whether you have your own compost bin, it's pretty easy to do. Um, and even like I, I live in Los Angeles and I know where the, like the local like urban farm is and they accept compost. I mean, I would, I would bury my witchcraft in there pretty deep so they don't know that I'm disposing of witchy shit with it. But if it's compostable, it's compostable, go for it. Um, but also use your green bin. Mm -hmm. You know, use the green bin for your yard if you have one. I know a lot of apartment buildings don't, but we have things like that. So that's another really good way for spell disposal. The other thing that I've seen that just to help with composting, and this is something that um, I didn't come up with. I actually saw it on either Facebook or Instagram or something was people were saving the cardboard rolls from their toilet paper. Yeah, I've seen those too. I've seen those too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you like fold it up and you kind of make it like a little spell pocket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which makes it like a great easy way to bury things or like a little fire starter if you're gonna like burn it in a fire pit that's another yeah. really great way to do it i thought that was ingenious good idea mm -hmm. i liked it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but i mean some of the stuff like we simply have to throw away like extra candle wax and stuff like that yeah it's really great to to scry it but then that's something that has to be thrown away because it's since it's a spell candle it's not like we can take that wax and like melt it down and pop another wick in it unless you were going to kind of continue your spell again which we don't always know if we're going to you know what I mean exactly yeah and it you know when your spell is done it's done I mean you know you don't reuse herbs or anything like that yeah it's, it's so that's take care something that you would have to throw away I would just say in line with eco-friendly witchcraft it's something to kind of think about um being more selective with the candles that you choose i know i tell people a lot to go to like the dollar store and stuff because it's definitely cheaper but that tends to be paraffin wax which isn't awesome for the the environment soy candles are really popular but you know we know that soy kind of is really harsh on the environment to grow so as far as i know the best to use would really be beeswax yeah and i'm sure there's something wrong with beeswax too because it's one of those things where really right when you think you have a solution like there's someone who i know that sucks too yeah. um so it's one of those things just just try your best you know what i mean i always try and like if i can with like the glass jars that the candles come in, i try and recycle those at least and also reuse your the things in witchcraft that you can or reuse regular items and use it for magic mm -hmm. you know that's really the best way even beyond recycling is just try and reuse your stuff Except for the herbs and the, and, the, and the wax. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, for instance, I got these really pretty flowers for Valentine's Day and they came on this really nice, um, like, cardboard box that looks like a hat box. Oh. And so it's just like something like that. It's like a perfect little size to fit. Like, if you were someone that couldn't have a standing altar, that box and it's black and it's really sturdy would be like an awesome little box to put all of your, like, 
you know, witchy shit Ooh, in yeah. and then bust it out as like your altar in a box, you know? Oh, so that's you a great to idea. Find ways to kind of just repurpose things. Repurposing is really like the new green movement instead of recycling. It's all about finding ways to repurpose what we can within reason. There you go. There you go. That works well. I like your necklace, by the way. Thank you. Monica got me the coolest necklaces for my birthday, guys. This one is just because we all know how much I love serial killer documentaries and, you know, true crime podcasts. This is just like a little, a little knife and I love it. But she got me another one that has a bunch of bloody butcher knives on it. That's so rad. <laughs> I haven't I taken this one like off since she gave it to me, though. I really love this one. Oh, wow. And I thought you would like the other one better. How funny oh I love that one this is my simple like understated one my fancy okay. one the other one's to be more more like party one okay gotcha. it'll be busted out soon enough <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's dive into our next our next question um okay. animal symbols question I have had a spider fall on my head every day for a week apparently I'm not getting the message and I hate killing spiders but can't always control myself when one the size of a dime crawls down my face at 6 a.m while I'm standing in the middle of the kitchen okay just sidebar what in the fuck I how do you not have a broken nose if that happened I'd probably like punch myself in the face I would just like flail like oh my god okay all right so 6 a.m standing in the kitchen spider spider down the face Oh my. Apparently, I'm not getting this message. Please help me decode it and bring in an end to the wave of tiny death from Hage. I love that. The wave of tiny death. Um, when I think of spiders, I tend to think of building your web, which to me, like the first thing I think of is, you know, webs are protective. If you see like the spiders or anything like near front doors and stuff, it's like protection, like you need protection or they're trying to protect you. It's also about... Um, Kind of like community, like networking, build your web of connections, as well as creativity is what I go for. But I don't feel like any of that may be right right now, especially since the spider's crawling on your face. What do you got, Monica? Well, I know of the spider. And actually, what the spider talks about, first of all, I want to know if this person is a writer or he should be writing. It is talking about the written word. So writing, I'm, I'm curious to know if, if you write or if you should be writing something, but what it talks about is everything that you do now, you will encounter in the future. It's associated with the wheel of fortune card from the tarot deck. Okay. So that's a pretty, that's a pretty decent card. Yeah. So it has to do with rhythms, right? The rise and fall, the flow and flux, right? It does have links to honor and fame as well. So that's an interesting thing. Um, and it is it's like some of the questions you should be asking yourself is, um, are, are you like moving toward a central goal or are you scattered of going in multiple directions? Are you staying focused? Are you too in self-involved? Um, are you becoming too involved or self-absorbed with yourself? Are you focusing on others instead of focusing on yourself? And I also would like to know if this person speaks another language, because that is significant as well for the spider, speaking two languages or speaking more than one language. So would you so, say that it might be a time to like, for them to pick up Duolingo and like start learning another language? Well, maybe. I mean, I'm just curious to know if they do. I mean, I just want to figure out these associations. Um, it is also, it's kind of associated with death and rebirth. 
so and that goes because of the female spider and will kill after the male spider mates you know with her mm -hmm. um smart and it's also associated with the number eight which because it has eight legs or something like that um and it's talking about i agree with the creativity thing mm -hmm. um and and balance is going to be important um so another thing is, are you are you feeling out of balance? Are you feeling stuck in a web? Are you not using your your creative opportunities? Um, do you need to write? That's another one. Yeah. Um, or draw. That can help. That so it sounds too. like get the creative juices flowing. Yeah, get the creative juices flowing. But like, what web are you weaving? You know, because everything that you do now will affect the future. Everything from the past affects the present. Affects the future. So that's, that's basically what I have. Ominous. Dun, 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 make good, get creative and make good life choices. Start writing something and, mm -hmm. and ask yourself some of those questions I just said, threw at you. Yeah. Okay. I like it. All right. That's that was that, that was lighter. Yeah. Never thought they meant that much, but okay, cool. That is good to know. Yeah. They're one true. of the very few bugs that don't generally freak me out. Like if one crawls on me, I usually don't cry. Amazing. Amazing. I think you if know, any other bug crawled on me, I'm getting like fucking the heebie-jeebies right now, just even talking about bugs. But if anything else crawled on me, I'd probably cry. But if a spider dropped on my face at 6 a.m., like I would, I don't know what the fuck I would do. You know, the daddy long leg spiders, right? The daddy long legs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually good spiders because they eat the bugs. They yeah, eat I the leave pet. them in the house. They can chill. But my friend used to have, he used to call it his pet. He used to live in his shower. I had one in my shower too. He said, don't, don't mind my pet spider that's in the shower. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, I had yeah. one when I was um, like a teenager that lived in my shower. His name was Lint. Because at first oh. I thought he was a, like a little thing of Lint and then realized he was a spider. And oh. then there's one in my shower a couple years ago in, in this current house that I live in. And his name was Rocky. Ah, I so, see. Does anyone else have shower spiders? Is that a thing? Hey, I, can you I guys write it and tell me if you have a shower spider can you guys take a picture of it and put it in the facebook group yeah because that's crazy yeah right yeah i mean it seems to be their mo they seem to like it in the shower i guess they like water right? i don't know i have a plant in my shower too so that probably helps them, gives them now that that's that probably rocks it i would i would think so yeah yeah okay, okay our next one Hi guys, love the podcast, binge the whole thing and loved every minute. I'm a baby witch still and wanted to know since witches work with fairy and gnomes, do the, some work with dragons. I was looking into some information, I was writing down some notes and all of a sudden I smelled dragon's blood incense like it was burning next to me. And I didn't have any incense or, or candles going at the time and it vanished and I don't seem to smell it anymore. Any thoughts? Thank you, Sarah. Hmm. What I will say, First off, yes, some spirit, some witches do work with dragons, but I feel like once you start researching dragons and dragon magic, I feel like they pop up pretty strongly if you're supposed to work with them, like how Sarah here smelled the dragon's blood. I did some research when dragons back in the day, like when I wanted to know a little bit more, and I had a hard time finding a lot of information, but I did find something that said like, if you want to call your dragon, uh, that you should make a dragon box oh, and so i got this tiny little like box that i think i got not like ren fair or something and it looked like a treasure chest kind of okay. and i filled it with pieces of pyrite 
because they just it reminds me of a dragon laying on a pile of gold you can put some coins in there and you can put um dragon's blood like chunks of dragon's blood incense so i was doing that and i was kind of like i didn't put it all together yet but i had it on my altar and i was thinking about it but i went to the grocery store and i was driving back and at the time where i lived to get back home there's like a fork in the road and you have to just like take the right side and go home but I was coming up to the fork in the road and I looked up at the sky and the clouds made a fucking dragon. Like wow. it, there was no mistaking it. There is no scrying needed. Like it just the clouds made a fucking dragon. And I pulled over and had to kind of just like get out of my car and just stand in the middle of the street because I was going home to put my groceries away and then make my dragon box. Wow, that's crazy. So I feel like, yes, Sarah, like, and it sounds like you, whatever research you were doing, like maybe you need to do your own dragon box, um, which is kind of like a, like a mini dragon altar. And I still have my tiny little one and a dragon statue on my front porch um, that I, someone ended up gifting me this a statue of a dragon right after my whole thing was seeing the cloud dragon in the sky. Wow. So I really think that when you're drag when you start studying and you kind of poke at that i think that door swings open pretty fast if you're supposed to work with them um they are your protectors and some people think that much like spirit animals or spirit guides your dragon is there with you from the day that you're born till the day that you die and it walks with you your whole life well you know it's interesting because when i when i'm doing readings and i see a dragon in the reading how i interpret that is because the it rules two elements. It rules a fire element because it breathes fire and it rules the air element because it flies. Mm -hmm. So as we know, air rules the thinking process, the thought process, the mind. So how I interpret that is get those thoughts out of the air element into, into the fire element and get them going. Don't just like leave them in your mind, get them into reality and move forward with them with the fire energy that's how i interpret interpret the dragon energy so take action on what you're thinking about exactly okay yeah i like that i like that well i hope that was helpful um i think that's really cool that you had that experience and you smelled the dragon's blood i think that's really really cool yes absolutely all right so this one is actually from jordan remember i shouted them out in our last episode Right. Dear Monica and Shauna, I don't remember if you guys already covered this, but I'd love to learn more about glamours. Do you have any glamour spells or tips? It's just a pretty cool subject and something that a lot of us would definitely like to learn about. Thanks. Jordan Combs from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Ooh. Well, Jordan, you must have sent this a while ago and I didn't see it because we did a glamour episode recently. Yes, we did. We sure did. But um, easy tips on glamour. Um, what you got, Monica? Like a fast glamour thing. Uh, fast and chance your makeup before putting it on mm -hmm. put a little magic into it so same you're, thing with same your little, perfumes yes and with your perfumes and your bath soap shampoo anything like that just put a little magic into it say a little chant enchant that stuff that's and that'll add to the glamour absolutely no two ways about that mm -hmm. i like what that one yeah it adds to it it adds a little something to what you're doing and it kind of adds a little bit of like an energetic mask to your day depending on how you want to do it my quick glamour spell is be mindful of the colors that you're wearing and use color magic in your wardrobe to enhance your mood or your day aha there you go so yeah 
that's what we would do. So thank you for writing in, Jordan. Um, and we will talk to you again soon. We got one last one for you guys today. And um, this one is from Brianna. Okay. It says, hi, decently new pagan here, only like one or two years in. And I was wondering if there's any deities or saints that would be good for decision making. I'm going to college in the fall and I have extreme generalized blah, generalized anxiety, puking, tremors, etc. Thank you. Love you both. And I always enjoy your episodes. They've helped me learn a lot about witchcraft. Also, Brianna sent us a picture of her of her familiar. I forgot yes. in this email, you have a very good cat. That's a very pretty lady. Yes. That's a very Beautiful. pretty lady that you have there. Um, for me, with for decision-making, the first thing that popped into my head when I read this question was actually Persephone. Okay. Um, a lot of people think of her as like, you know, Hades' wife, uh, the, the princess of spring. But since she's also like the goddess of these two very different things, she kind of stands at this precipice. So she's really good for when you have major changes going on in your life and decision-making, you can call upon her for help with that. Ah, okay. So that was the first thing that popped into my mind. I would think Ganesh may also be a good deity to maybe work with because he's the remover of obstacles, Lord of new beginnings, and he is a gateway God. So not necessarily that he's ever been said to be really good with decision making, but he may be someone to help you, especially since you're going to college in the fall. That's, you know, that's a big change. So he may, either one of them, I would think would be helpful. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I, I would think Hecate too, to be honest with you, because she stands at the crossroads. Yeah, she's a crossroads goddess. Yeah. So she can probably help you to direct you to which direction to go into. Mm -hmm. That's what would go with that one. And just real quick, the other thing I want to say is um, uh, when it comes to anxiety, you know, there's that, like this, and this is not a substitution for whatever other things you got going on, what your therapist tells you to do or whatever your other practices are, but crystal wise, uh, crystals that I think are, are really helpful is Amazonite, which is like Amazon, like the rainforest, it. Um, Amazonite's really good and it is a stone known for anxiety. So that's a really good one to keep with you as well as hematite. I think yeah. that, that those two complement each other really well because hematite grounds you. And a lot of times, I mean, sometimes I have anxiety and I have no fucking clue why it's just, it's a physical response and my body becomes anxious and my head doesn't exactly know why. Yeah. But when it comes to that more mental anxiety, when we start worrying we get ungrounded and we let our mind and our anxiety kind of just go off like a mile a minute. And that kind of, so having that grounding element from hematite tends to bring that back down. So I think Amazonite and, hemat and hematite and Amazonite work very well together for that. Yeah, I like, uh, that's my go-to stone, the hematite, the hematite, whatever you want to call it. You say hematite, I say hematite. <laughs> I think I kind of say both. I think it just kind of depends. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, but, that's my go-to stone. I think it's really grounding. Yeah. You know, it's lovely. Especially um, during Mercury retrograde. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even think I have, I think you I'm sure think? I have a piece of loose hematite somewhere. Like I would be so amazed if I didn't, but um, I used to have a lot of jewelry, but I'm such a fucking anxious basket case that the shit breaks all the time. Yeah. Well, those little hematite rings don't last too long. They usually fall apart but i have I a really have cool, bracelets i'm gonna show you my really cool hematite this is just an interesting shape 
and I just love it. Oh, that is pretty cool. It is. And it's just nice to hold. Just fits perfectly in the palm of your hand. Yeah, this is my that, favorite. That's my that favorite. That is something that's actually a really good point to bring up, Monica. Um, with special, well, with any stones really, but especially when it comes to stones that you're using to help with anxiety. Um, Brianna and everyone listening, get get either like um, the stone in a worry stone form because it's soft and it has this little like divot in it that will be like the shape of your thumb so that you can rub it or yes. get a piece that feels nice in your hand like how Monica has hers it fits nice in the palm of her hand it's soft it's rounded so she can like fidget with it rub it roll it back and forth in her between her palms um get something like that because generally when we have anxiety finding something soothing that's a good shape or that's very soft tends to help us but once you start doing that especially with crystals it's like you're activating the crystal yeah and you know what i mean i know the stone is overrated and over talked about and overdone are you going to talk about fucking amethyst i am oh my god because you know what happens it does calm it is a calming stone true and it is and it does aid in depression. And so I'm sure it could help with anxiety to calm you down a little bit as well. Yeah, it, well, it's supposed to be a good meditation stone. So I can see that. Um, I tend to not recommend amethyst a lot just because I feel like it's so fucking overplayed. Amethyst, sage, and lavender, like fuck's sake. I mean, they I know, all have a time and a place because they do work, but I just think it's overdone. Um, and at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if amethyst is over harvested. But also, because I'm an Aquarius and I'm a February baby, I feel like I got amethyst for like every birthday and Christmas growing up. Yeah. Uh -huh. Like, so I think by the time I turned 10, like I was so fucking over it already. <laughs> yeah, but it's a very popular stone. Even at the store, people ask for it all of the time. And believe it or not, some people don't know what an amethyst is. Believe it or not. I mean, it's hard for me to believe, but some people. Here, really here's don't. my weird serial killer fact of the day for all you guys. Um, a couple years ago, I took my friend Annie and we went to this Charles Manson art show. And yeah. um, it was more of like this murderbilia collection where a lot of people that like had like his personal effects donated to like a little museum kind of night. And so there was like this little like display case that had all these like occult paraphernalia things that he collected while he was in jail. And uh -huh. he, had a, he had amethyst. Of course he did. Because he he's a basic he bitch too. Wow. Like <laughs> Not that people that have amethyst are basic bitches, but I was like complaining in the car to Annie at the time. I was like, there's other stones other than amethyst. And then I saw that and I was like, even Charles Manson has it. He's such a basic bitch. And everyone <laughs> turned around and looked at me. I was like, what? Right? It's crazy. Right. So, yeah. Well, guys, these were great questions. Please keep them coming. Um, I know I say it every time. I know I was slow getting to them, but we're chipping away at them really, really well. And if you guys want to keep having Ask Astraga episodes, it means you need to keep emailing us Ask Astraga questions. I see a yeah. lot of times you guys put questions in the Facebook group, and that's wonderful, especially because they'll probably be answered faster <laughs> than these episodes. But this is how you get episode shout outs, and this is how you keep getting more wine spirits and which is content. So go ahead and email us questions, stories, comments, whatever you got, wine spirits and witches at gmail.com. That's right. And on that note, merry meet, merry part, and, and merry meet again. Mm -hmm.